Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Philippians chapter 4. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I love you and long to see you, dear friends, for you are my joy and the crown I receive for my work. Words of encouragement. Now I appeal to Euodia and Syntyche. Please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. And I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women, for they worked hard with me in telling others the good news. They worked along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are written in the book of life. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. Paul's thanks for their gifts. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, You Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At the moment, I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Epaphroditus. They are a sweet smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now all glory to God, our father forever and ever. Amen. Paul's final greetings. Give my greetings to each of God's holy people, all who belong to Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send you their greetings, and all the rest of God's people send you greetings too, especially those in Caesar's household. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ 
be with your spirit. City Life, Philippians 4, we're completing the letter to the church in Philippi, written from, by Paul from prison, lockdown, not an ideal environment that you're thinking there's going to be a letter sent to thank people for supporting him and to encourage them to continue to walk out because typically when we're at our lowest place, we aren't thinking about encouraging somebody else and also thanking them. Well, that's the crazy juxtaposition we have when we're with Jesus, walking with Jesus, is even when our life is flipped upside down, it's okay. I want to call us to a place today where we fully lean into all the junk and all the crap. Because we're all messed up. And you might fake it to some people, but there's some pros out there that they already know you're jacked up. And as we walk out in community, we all recognize we're dealing with things, and I think one of the main things we're dealing with is worry and fear. What will happen? Saw a post on Insta Story today from Pastor Tommy, and the picture is um, just a very telling of the last 20 years, right? Remember, Y2K is going to kill us. Anthrax is going to kill us. West Nile's going to kill us, bird flu, bad economy, BP oil, Obamacare, end of the world, North Korea, Ebola, Disney measles, and now the coronavirus. So one, this is not to minimize what is taking place right now, but it's also to remind us we felt these feelings before just because our generation hasn't experienced war the same. We've still sent our babies to war. They've come back and told us of the stories. But because it normally doesn't hit our soil, we don't have to deal with it. But we're filled with fear. And no one's immune to it. And God wants to meet us right in that place. Today is titled, The Lord is Right Here. He's right here. He's right here. And he's coming. But he's right here through his spirit. I'm going to lean into a few of the text from Philippians 4 to illustrate that the Lord is right here. And one thing we're not trying to do is to advocate unnecessary suffering or to encourage people to just happy-go-lucky die. But today there is a difference between wisdom and fear. Philippians 4, 4, always be of joy in the Lord. Yeah. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate 
in all you do. In NLT, the translation we've been using through Streetlight says, the Lord, remember, the Lord is coming soon. I love how the ESV puts it, though. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is right here, right now. And there's speculation of what this text means. Is it just that the Lord's coming back again? Or is it meaning that he's just right here? Yes. Which one's true? Yes. What does the text mean? Yes. Translations, some say the Lord is near. So whether the Lord's coming soon to wreck shop and dominate and eliminate us from this toil, or whether he's right here right now to be Emmanuel, God with us, to comfort us, it's both. And so the Lord is right here today. And since the Lord is here, verse 6, don't worry about anything. Don't worry. Don't worry, be happy now. The song's beautiful. God has to tell us not to worry about anything because we're very prone to worry. Instead, pray about everything. I can hear the, 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 the groans in our spirit. No, and us sitting face to face with God right here. No, I want to worry more. And he's like, I just want you to give it to me and pray. Because when we pray, we get heaven's perspective and heaven's insight. Not always a solving to how we want it to play out, but a perspective of what the Lord is doing throughout situations. So tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Hey, God, we are asking you for what we need, but we're thanking you for what you've done. Then you will experience God's peace. The connection is that worry, through prayer, eventually leads us to receiving God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. It means we can't negotiate with God's peace. I won't always understand God's peace. But his peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Worry, fears. We'll use those two words together. Are we born with fear? Studies have proven that there's two fears that are innate. The fear of falling and the fear of loud sounds. And all other fears are learned. Fear is healthy because it lets us know that we are aware of danger, and we hope to survive and protect. So it's okay. God has put that mechanism inside of us, which is why often he has to remind us, don't fear, because there's a greater story going on. And ultimately, one of our greatest fears is, it's not just suffering today. We're afraid to die. We're afraid of death. Christians, that unknown, why do we have to be reminded so much that Jesus overcame the final enemy, the grave? Because we're so prone to return back 
and believe that this is all we have now, here now. But the Lord is right here to tell us, I am present for an eternal perspective now and forever. Where we're going is beautiful. He's going to return. He's going to make all things new. And if you're not a Jesus follower, of course this is crazy. But for Jesus followers, this is the truth. And if you're not in that crew yet where you're like, I'm with Jesus, his spirit is beckoning you. That's why you came today. Because it's past understanding the peace that he can provide. The substance that says, I am free forever. I don't let death have the final say on my life. Even in the midst of fear, I can exercise faith. How? Prayer. Don't pray. Worry. We got back from retreat this past weekend. We took 43 uh, leaders, 42 came. And there was a lot of opposition, sickness. And, but shout out to a church that holds it down. Man, uh, Ronald went from the drum set to the microphone. Virginia was holding it down last week. Man, shout out. And I talked to some of my pastor friends. They said, you took all of your leaders away on a Sunday morning? Who's going to run the church? He's like, oh, it was the other leaders. That, that's a shout out to what God, because, because we're all a part of this. And we got to go away. We got to come. We got to do all of this together. God's building something so beautiful one of our crazy big prayers is that when Jesus comes back, he says the first place he has to come is city life because there's these people that love people so much like him. We're just not apologizing for that. It's okay. We believe that God is real and, it's, and, and, and he is a jealous God and we can come boldly to him. doesn't mean we're better. We just want to believe all that he has. So we pray big. When we came back from retreat, noticed uh, my wife noticed the car door was open, and the car door was cracked open, and she took a picture because all the stuff was everywhere. She said, anyone go through the car? Well, no, the car got broken into, and the car, you know, and, and we had a bunch of stuff stolen or whatever, and my first thought was, man, I was kind of aggravated. I wanted to set a booby trap. I watched this YouTube video online of this guy who set a booby trap and then caught all these FedEx people that are taking the packages from the porch and then created this amazing. I mean, Mark Rover, it's his YouTube page. It's family-friendly. It's awesome. It is the ultimate um, punked out for anybody who uh, has stolen, which I think everybody in this room is guilty of some way or shape or form, i.e., you've taken some shampoo from the hospital that you didn't, you sh- I mean, not the hospital, but from the hotel you shouldn't have, or the, or the towel, or, you know, we've done something. So we're all in that category and thank God for grace. That's the point. But I was thinking about that, and I wasn't thinking about grace in that moment. I said, man, we have cars that have gotten broken into so many times over the last 10 years of living there. And it's kind of times now's the day. And then I started thinking, well, if someone broke in, that means they were right outside. And then fear creeps in a little bit. Why does fear creep in a little bit? Because I know those moments being in my room and dealing drugs, and next thing you know, I'm being robbed face-to-face at gunpoint because it triggers these fears in my heart. And I didn't want to pray. And then that same night, the sewage backs up in our basement, and the city has to come. It turned out it was on the city's end, and God is so great. It was one of our intern's parents. So I walk outside at midnight, and they're like, what up? Hey, city life, you know. Like, yeah, it was great. God was doing a great thing. But then that led to someone came with a jet truck, and they were uh, 
by the, what I heard was a noob at it. They hadn't really done it, and so they shot the pressure wrong, and it created this vacuum thing that it was shooting the toilets back into our house and all the bathrooms. So then Crystal, she's like, what's happening? Shh. And then she goes in one of the bathrooms. She goes, it reeks like a turtle in here. I'm like, oh, we got to disinfect this. She goes, oh, you can just go to bed. I'm like, yeah, I got to wake up early at staff meeting. I'm like, oh, my good retreat. I was like, welcome home. Welcome home. It was, it, it, it's, it's interesting, but the last thing I wanted to do was pray. There's this Mr. Rogers clip that I think we'll all be able to relate to. And I never would have thought Mr. Rogers would minister to me and be a hero in my life. Mr. Rogers was for racial reconciliation. He was for touching on tough topics such as grief, suicide, giving children identity, paying their own money. He was a minister that decided to use media to help make a difference in the world. And the documentary is fascinating. The movie is fascinating with um, Tom Hanks. But here's a clip about how him personally would deal with some of his fears or his anxieties and how he used Daniel the Tiger the Puppet. Daniel was pretty much Fred. He did all the voices, but, uh, but I think Daniel was the real Fred. Maybe I could talk about clocks and loving and things like that. Daniel is articulating the fears and anxieties and feelings that Fred had as a child but that many children have. He never forgot how vulnerable it was to be a kid. You know, you're this little thing. Everything else in the world is bigger than you are. And you have to learn everything that helps you get through life. I think that it just never left him. Whatever those scars of his life were, he wanted to help heal that wound, maybe? It's a lot easier, even as an adult, for me to have Daniel say, I'm really scared. Do you think maybe you could give me a hug? You know, that would be hard for me to say, I'm really scared. Do you think you could give me a hug? So the difference from, the, from here to here that doesn't seem very far, but it was efficacious, to say the least. It's a little weird, but real. Because we all do it. We talk through puppets. And sometimes our puppets look like walls to where we're not even letting it in. And so he might be on the cusp of more vulnerability than some of us that hold it in so long instead of just admitting we're afraid. We can be a grandparent and be afraid. We can be a parent and be afraid. We can be a kid and be afraid. And they compound. I believe fears compound the more we hide them. The worries suffocate, but faith liberates. Fear kills and faith fills. So where do we respond? Don't worry, pray. And Daniel Tiger is a form of prayer, so to speak. Because in prayer, 
We got to be honest. Are we going to hide things from God? Parents in the room, you know this when your kids are hiding things. And if they would just tell the truth, you could help them most effectively. How we get peace is by letting out everything that's in us. First Peter 5, 7, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. The heartbeat of heaven is that God cares about his kids who belong to him. Whether they know that or not, they're God's. Every single one of us have property of God, made in the image of God. We all have a birthmark. We have rights. We have that power. We have the innate, distinct dignity that is only bestowed upon us from a creator that is supreme above it all. And so if he says that I am loved and I belong and he cares, man, I can give him my worries. And so we exchange the car break-in and the sewage and Crystal's brother called her this week and He's an intern graduate as well, and he got in the accident, and um, Javon, and he had to have several surgeries on his leg, but the, the material and the bone wasn't, it's not taking, so he couldn't feel his leg, so he got rushed to Ann Arbor and called Crystal, and he's basically just telling, hey, sister, this is where I'm at, but, you know, and, uh, and I love the question you asked. You said, how do you feel? And he just started breaking down crying. He, you know, he had to be strong, but just that moment. She couldn't solve it, but yet how do you feel? Let's get it out. Let's, let's, let's eliminate its power. Let's diffuse its power. How do you feel? How do you feel? In Romans eight twenty eight, taking those feelings of fear and switching them. I remember praying this this week about the car being broken into. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's spirit is right alongside helping us. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us, making a prayer out of wordless sighs or aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves. Knows our pregnant condition, and he keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. And I remember with the worry, I was tempted to hurry. I was. Worry, hurry, whatever. Let's just move on. And then I paused and I said, I'm kind of mad. I want, I want that person to be saved. I started saying, I don't, I don't even know the reference right now, God. But the devil's got to take back. Or, uh, he's caught red-handed. He's got to give me seven times what he stole. That kind of stuff. Start praying that. I use Google for where Bible verses are too. You can. One time someone said, do you know where that Bible verse is? I said, no, I don't actually know where that one is. And they said, you're a pastor. I said, the Bible's big. <laughs> it's because I've read that, you know. I'm still reading. I'm still letting it wreck me. It's still wrecking me. I'm still learning. I'm in this together. And I, and I start praying. I said, God, you must be going to turn this into my good. You don't want these fears to live here in the soil. You want faith. And then in that moment, faith started rising up because anxiety can't fit in this space. John 14 puts it this way, I'm leaving you with the gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Trump can't give that gift. 
The doctors can't give that gift. CNN can't give that gift. This is real right now. Turn on the news. Don't act like we're immune to it. I watched one minute of the press conference of Trump talking about the coronavirus in the U.S. states here, 22, and then one died. And then instantly I'm starting to think, okay, well, whoa, worst case scenario, what do we got to do? Do I get online? Do we get survival food? Don't we? And whatever, people are price gouging. All, all this stuff's happening. I'm thinking, man, that was one minute of watching that stuff. But yet when I was bored, I watch it even more. I think in this room, we have the wrong tune going in us. And again, we're not trying to advocate and find what it's like. Let's, we we want to die. We want to be wise. But we also know as Christians, fear can't live here. But fear is here. So what do we do with it? We exercise faith. And we let God's perfect love cast out that fear. Because it's okay to bring fear to the Lord because he's right here. The Lord is right here to deal with our fears. We pray. Our friends from China, they got sent back. They were there on mission assignment from the King of Kings. And they got sent back because their agency caught wind instantly of the virus. And they said, you guys are going back. And their hearts are crushed. No, we want to stay. We don't want to leave the people we love. They're like, you're going back. You're American. And, and they were in Thailand. And all their stuff is still there. But there's no travel anymore. Those are God's grace. They're back. We hung out with them yesterday. They're coming to the next service. They'll be here. They're going to come on stage just for a little window. So if you want to stay at 1130, there's a little nugget. And to hear the stories of what's taking place and then to watch the videos, the fear, I can see it. Watching a daughter be barricaded because she can't come back in the city because where she was was now confirmed that the virus was there. So literally there's a riot because they're like, let the daughter back in. Let her back in and there's a riot. You know what happens? We are so dumb, we always think that's never going to happen to us. But let's start thinking, how do we respond in the midst of that? Is Jesus the Lord of that situation or isn't he? That's why we came today. This isn't kumbaya. This is the deal with the real mess. So we're in the best place. Even if the bombs were flying, man, maybe our hands are raised. Because there's not enough grenades that are going to take us there. There isn't enough survival kits. There's not enough bunkers. And if you're called to that, to protect the human species, by all means do it. But for most of us, that's just not how we're going to fight. There could be a bomb flying, and maybe that's the time to go grab our mitt and just go to the playground and just play ball. Because what is it going to do? Fear starts to rule. It starts to suffocate. And that's not what God gives. God gives this. And it ultimately comes down, I believe, to this, this text in Matthew 28. Jesus says, do not be afraid of those who want to kill your body. That's what we're really afraid of, dying. Or suffering of some form. Don't be afraid of that junk. And don't think I'm something special. I just preach the truth this bold because this is the truth. You know what weirds me out? Is that I don't get to hear this from us enough, Christians. I get to watch our actions. And a lot of our actions under the banner of wisdom is really a manifestation. It's a fruit of fear, not a fruit of faith. And faith is not an excuse to not be wise. How do we know where we're at? Only each one of us know where we're at. Have we spent time with the Father? And just admitting that. And even naming seasons. Man, I'm out there right now. I'm in fear and I don't even know. That's okay. Name the season. This isn't fake it till we make it. I've watched people in the hospital with their kids and, and just going through tough, tough, tough situations. And they don't even have the words. 
They're just groaning in the elevator, just groaning. You don't know what to say. What do you say? Kids are battling leukemia. What do you say? Nothing. You're just present. Trying to give peace in that moment and perspective that, hey, look, we're with you. We got compassion to weep for days. But we're also not afraid of anybody that can kill the body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God. Today, I think we put a flag down and we say, we fear only God. That doesn't start to get our bones aligned. I don't know what does. I fear only God. Who can destroy? <laughs> this is intense. Who can destroy both soul and body in hell? Jesus is very loving, but this is also a truth. So, Philippians 4 tells us how to deal with this. And worship team, I want to call you guys up to the stage. Here's where we go. Let's get this out. We're going to just worship this out of us today. And I'm going to try to figure it out. It's a peace that passes all understanding. It's God. I sing the songs and somehow I got peace. He's the way maker, miracle worker. I'm sorry, nothing else will do, God. I'm sorry for clicking on the news too much. Sorry for watching these stories. I'm sorry for thinking enough masks are going to protect me. Has anyone figured that one out yet? There's not enough Purell bottles that will protect us. There's not enough bunkers that will protect us. If we all put our money together, we couldn't even buy a billionaire bunker. We couldn't. Unless there's a billionaire sitting here, we have big vision. We want to do big things. Talk to me after service. Let's make Lansing look like heaven. For a lot of, you know, we're working nine to fives. We're trying to figure out how to make behind business. And Philippians 4, 8 tells us, okay, we're praying. I got this peace. And it says, now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true. Can't find that in the news. And what's honorable? People that rep the glory of God. People that remind us that there's something better. We were having talks last night in the kitchen. And just like I I told our kids, I said, there's a missionary here. It's better than meeting LeBron James. I was thinking, what's that like? They're going to grow up knowing they knew missionaries, you know? And um, he says, better than LeBron James. And they're like, that's awesome. And then, and I don't know if our son was just rising to the moment or if this was really in his heart, but he just walked in the kitchen and says, Dad, you know, I want to be somebody that even before my last breath when I die, I say that making disciples and following Jesus is worth it. And I'm telling you, missionary pastor, Zach, all of us, like, we're all just sitting there like, say What? Because a kid was speaking to us. Because when you're a parent, you want to protect so bad, it's hard to trust God. Oh, it is. But friends, we're going to trust God at a high level, and we're going to think about what's right and pure. Purity. We don't want sin, because Jesus is right here. So we're going to think about what we're looking at, because the news can be like pornographic material. Pornographic material is pornographic material. Gossip. Death, all of this, we want to be pure. Why? Because the Lord is right here. Now we start thinking, it's going to mess up your week. You want to go sin or whatever, and then you just look over and you're like, man, Jesus is right here. But stop that. You try to put him in the closet. He's like, I'm right here. The Lord is at hand. He's right here. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.